Hey everyone, welcome back to View from the Mat, where we talk about real life issues through a biblical lens. I'm Matt. I'm here as always with Jason. Say hello, yes, Jason. Yes, sir. There we go. All right. So today's episode, uh, we're going to call this "Does Preaching Still Work?" Uh, yeah, we're kind of having a conversation about, you know, are we seeing the same response from people, you know, even during an invitation time that we might have 20, 30 years ago? Are we seeing life change take place, you know, as a result? Sometimes as a preacher, you really struggle with. Am I being effective? Yeah. And so we kind of wanted to ask this question. Is this something that still works today in our culture, that sort of thing? So so one of the things this kind of does, it, it gives a, you know, if you're not a preacher and you're listening, it gives a glance into the heart on the other side of the pulpit. Yeah. And and so like if I'm being completely transparent, one of the, the biggest struggles I've had, maybe every Sunday, every Monday, quite a quite a bit, is does this still matter? Does what I'm doing still work? You know, you work hard, you prepare a sermon, and 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 maybe people don't fully understand. You know, I'll pour over a sermon for, my goodness, a bunch of hours, yeah. working on it, honing it, trying to deliver it well, pray about it. So all, all that leading up to it. And then you're done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess sometimes I'm preparing, like I have these visions of grandeur, you know, like, Ah, forty people are gonna come down the aisle, and uh, everybody's lives gonna life is gonna be changed, and yeah. the world's gonna be forever different because of this sermon. And right. then, invitation plays, and nothing happens. And it's I, a letdown. And I don't know if that's unreasonable to be. You know, I was just reading some old book that was written, you know, fifty years ago. And the guy in it was a preacher, and he talked about you know how they had had some revival meeting for a week at some church, and and the first night they thought it was a failure because only three people came down the aisle to to become a Christian, and I'm like we'd be ecstatic if three people yeah. you know came up the aisle, yeah. and they were disappointed so, by that. So that there's no doubt that's changed. You know, I'm not old enough to remember the good old days. Yeah, right. You know, but I hear stories and and they're documented, and maybe they're looked at through rose-colored glasses somewhat. I believe that's part of it. But right. but people definitely were more prone to come down the aisle at invitation time. Yeah. And so I guess we want to ask why that is. Is it is it a function of the preaching itself? Are there other factors there? Yeah, so- I, I think that I think that's you know I'm really excited about diving into that a, a little bit, exploring that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of as we set up a little bit, you know, kind of want to focus on the idea first that biblically Preaching was always at the center, at the heart of what the church was doing. Yeah. It was always the means and the method was uh, that God used to reach people, right? So mm-hmm. it's by the foolishness of preaching that people are saved, or how can they believe unless somebody preaches to them? Yeah. It, it was always the mechanism that God used to communicate the gospel was through preaching. Mm-hmm. Now, that might not mean a Sunday morning sermon like we, we do. I don't know. You know, and I don't know exactly what that looked like, but I don't know if Paul would have one clue what we're doing on Sunday morning, looking and staring at the back of one another's head, listening to a guy speak for forty minutes. Maybe. I, I, I just don't know. But I mean, what what was the Sermon on the Mount if not that? You know, Jesus sat down yeah. and began to teach, and they well, they stood or sat there and listened to him. Well, there, you know, I, I, and I don't know if it's reading too much into it, but that might explain at least some of the difference he sat down to teach maybe and 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 so there's there are cultural differences that we'd had to consider we'll we'll explore some of that i i just wanted to kind of you know emphasize that biblically there's value in preaching yeah. that god promises there's value in preaching so i remind myself of that when i'm tired frustrating and frustrated and discouraged i remind myself that maybe some of the changes are incremental maybe there's changes and differences that are made that 
you know, just someone didn't declare publicly or, or that my job is, I can't get into, I can't force change. My job's to be faithful. Yeah. I, I believe there are places where, where there is that response. I believe there's places maybe in other countries and there's tr- probably churches in America where, man, they're, ha- they're having wonderful, consistent response. And that's probably true. I, I think what's interesting partly about this topic is it's not just how are people responding to preaching and why it's, it, we watch preachers who are kind of adjusting their approach based on right. how people are responding right. to, Ab- absolutely. to their preaching. And so I kind of think, you know, we talked about before we started, we just kind of loosely picked out a couple of things we wanted to cover. And one thing is what about on the side of the hearer, you know, so we're exploring this issue of how do people respond? And so yeah. let's start there. Let, let's, let, let's identify what the problem is with the listener. Right. Uh, but you know, and we're coming around, this is multi-layered, right? This right. isn't like, there's not one answer to what the problem is. No. And we'll get to the preacher. So this isn't a, let's right. blame the hearer thing. I think anybody, anybody listening would at least know and understand that a lot of times when we listen, we struggle to listen. The problem's not always with the deliverer of the message. A lot of times the problem's with the heart and the hearer. Oh, sure. Uh, I mean, and people- heart and ear. People come in, and for one thing, I don't think people really prepare themselves to come in to be in in the in the body of Christ. And, and, and we're so, talking about Sunday. We're we're talking about Sunday morning. Assembly. Right. I mean, you tumble in. You know, you fought the kids into the car. You know, you have a fight with your wife on the way over. You you know, it's it's yeah. it's a rough morning. You come sit down, and suddenly you're supposed to absorb something from the scripture. I think it's difficult. So to how do much that how much do you think the difference? That there's at least a part of the conversation is that whether our fault, not our fault, our attention span is different than it. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, they've shown that through different studies. And I think there's lots of stuff that contributes, you know, like we can't sit through more than a few seconds of a show without them having to change the camera angle. Or we're used to scrolling on our phones and absorbing just one snippet of content after another. Preaching, you know, historically was longer. You know, I hear stories in the 1800s of uh, hours and hours. Of course, they didn't have anything else to do. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But but also, we have shortened attention spans, even probably from our parents or our grandparents. I mean, we're less prone to pay attention to things. I yeah, I mean, if we go much over noon, people are itching to get out and get home. Are. But not because, it's not just because they're bored. It might be part of it. They might be bored. But part of it might be because they just want to go do something else. Right. And that's not even just a generational thing. We even see some of the older folks are itching to get out. I think as a culture, we are being conditioned to to sit for a shorter period of time. And so that's part of it probably. And I think there's also kind of this thing in the church where a a lot of people, they want to come in and be made to feel good. And they don't necessarily want to hear, you know, if they're making a mistake, they don't want to hear anything deep. They just kind of want to prop me up and get out the door. And that's not everybody, but there's certainly a portion of people who sure they don't want to sit and listen for 40 minutes to solid teaching. They just want to be made to feel good. Jesus loves you and off, off you go. No. And absolutely. You know, one of the odd things I've found, you know, with preaching, you know, and there's times when you, when you hit a subject and I don't, I'm not talking about like just, attacking bulldog type preaching. But there's times when you hit something and you feel like there might be people, specific people even that uh, really need to be challenged by that. Yeah. But you know who always responds positively is the people that are faithful, godly, right. because I think they come with the mindset of God, you know, pierce my heart. I'm sold out. I want to mm-hmm. do better. So like there might be times, you know, you preach about, 
you know, godly living, and the godliest people feel conviction by it, and the ungodly er don't feel that conviction. That's yeah. an odd thing to me. It is. It is kind of a weird thing, and and I think you know we might have to kind of bounce back and forth from the hearer to the preacher because I must feel like you have to touch on. So, what's our response to that? If you're in the pulpit, people are coming in. You know, a good portion kind of don't want to sit for very long, and they don't necessarily want to be challenged. So, and so some preachers adjust their sermons accordingly. You know, I'm not going to preach longer than 15, 20 right. minutes. I, I'm not going to really rake them over the coals about anything because I don't want anyone to leave. Um, sure. And so I guess the question there is, should we be making those adjustments from the pulpit or, or should people mm. be making those adjustments from That's the pew? A, man, that, if you get, find the answer to that, let me know because I'd, I'd like to know it. I've, I've wrestled with it. So, so here's my first thought. My first thought is that I certainly think that preaching in the, in the scriptures mm-hmm. was different depending on the audience. You know, Paul's sermon in Athens was different than Peter's sermon on Pentecost. Yep. Uh, and, and that was because they knew their audience and so I do think we need to know our audience. Preaching a 40-minute sermon to 15-year-olds uh, is going to be a problem. But I do think, here, here's where I think, I think we make a mistake of not ch- uh, raising the bar and challenging people and encouraging people. I think we make a mistake by lowering the bar, yeah. by just assuming people can't listen, assuming that, that that's the case. Right. You know, you, you brought up to me, you know, people sit and listen, watch an hour-long plus TV show, a two-and-a-half-hour movie. People can give that type of attention to the things they want to give the attention to. And even the teenagers, you know, I've been doing the, the, the youth ministry here for a couple of years now, and routinely I'll teach for 40 minutes, right. you know, and, and they sit there and listen and participate. And And the other thing is they keep coming back knowing I'm going to teach for 40 right. minutes. And so I think part of it is challenging people so to rise we, to that have we over level. Have we overcompensated in some places? Have we assumed that people can't handle it, don't want to handle it, and then we don't challenge them? That's true with depth. Yeah. It's true with you know, preaching on the uncomfortable things, sin, right. uh, hell, judgment. And, and so we, we've kind of had this trend where you know, let's move away from that stuff because people don't want to hear it. Have we maybe misapplied that? Have we you know, gone too far assuming that about people. I think so. And I think part of it might be like you said, you know, Paul knew his audience, Jesus knew his audience when, when, when he needed some fire and brimstone, he, he brought it. And when he needed to encourage, he encouraged. And and there was usually a mixture of that. And there was always depth. There was always Always depth, depth, always depth and always content there. And, and I understand that the message we bring to an, a group of unbelievers or new Christians might be different. It might even be different in length. But I, I don't think that we do someone a favor by uh, assuming that they're not intellectually capable of handling depth or meat. Yeah. Uh, that's insulting. Sure it is. Uh, but also, you can't expect to just show up and be prepared for that on your own. We're told to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's not just going to happen for 40 minutes on a Sunday. Like I think that we have to be schooling our minds to absorb this information I by agree. being in the Word throughout the week. And no, I, I, gonna, I, now we're, and we're going to, I really want to explore that because I think that's a wonderful, you know, thought, you know, but if we could shift just for a minute. Yeah. So, so like we agree that there's, there's an issue in the ear uh, and the heart of the hearer. Yes. So some, it's both. It's not just the attention span, right. and we're, but we're it's also the, the heart. A, a generalization here, but yeah, I think that it, that's a problem for a portion Maybe of Maybe not people, a new problem, but it's a problem and sure. it, it, it has to be a part of it. Now, if we could shift a minute to what's the fault, the problem of modern uh, generalization again, preaching. 
that would be make preaching not work. I think it's very, very tempting for a lot of people to sort of pander to what people want. You know, you want people to come. And so if they want to be made to feel good, if they don't want to go super deep, if we assume they're not capable of going deep, we're going to keep it shallow. You know, so we've got guys preaching through Kyle Eidelman books instead of the scripture. And I mean, yeah, those are great books. I'm not saying that there's nothing to be gained from that, but I would never take that to the pulpit. You know, that's... It's fluffier than it, oh, than it ought to be for absolutely. preaching. So if, man, I, and I don't know how exactly to, to say this, I'm a hard critic of preaching because I'm a preacher. Yeah. So sometimes I have roast preacher, you know, and, and, and it might be unfair. And I don't think I'm the pinnacle or the standard. That's not at all what I, what I mean. But I leave a lot of preaching listen, as a listener, disappointed. Yeah. Uh, disappointed that there was no meat, disappointed in delivery, Sometimes, but it's not always about delivery. It's not usually about delivery. A lot of times it's, it's just very little Bible. Yeah. And, and so the older I get, the more I believe that we need expository preaching. Well, sure. And, and even from a practical standpoint, you know, I just mentioned, you know, guys who preach through some of these pop Christianity sort of books. It's because they're running out of ideas because yeah. they're trying to come up with their own ideas or, instead or, of just pulling it out of the word. Or the focus on self-help and pop psychology yeah. from the pulpit. I mean, I think the Bible covers a wide range of, inf- of, of things, but you know, you'll see a lot of churches and, you know, Sunday we're going to talk about friendship or we're right. going to talk about, and I, the Bible addresses some of those things. Well, and, and that's and, it. And so rather than try to pull some pop psychology view of friendship, why don't we find a scripture that deals with friendship and yeah. it expose that? Let, let's lift out. What is the Bible saying about this? I'll tell you, even as a teenager, late teens, early twenties is when I really, really kind of started to take my faith seriously. Um, and I went through kind of a rough patch with it before that, but I visited plenty of churches as a kid um, with relatives or with friends and heard plenty of fluff preaching. But what grabbed my mind and hooked my interest was that depth yeah. that I started to hear coming to church. When when guys were willing to dive deep, that's what made me want more. And, and now, so, so, you know, and to be fair, we have people that preach that, you know, and they can't, they're not going to be this, you know, dynamic. And we're always going to have that. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. Sure. We're going to have preferences. We could sit and talk about preachers we like. In fact, we might even disagree. You might say, I love listening to so-and-so. And yeah. I'm like, man, I think they're boring. Yeah. We're going to have a different preference there. And we can't expect a square peg to fit in a round hole. I can't expect somebody whose personality is one thing to be something else. So I'm not talking really about delivery, although I think... As a preacher, I think I have a responsibility to hone my craft. Sure, uh, to be a better at my delivery. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I think to keep people's attention. I think that's part of the onus is on me partly. But I, I'm, I'm talking about the substance. I'm talking about the material. What's done in preparation, and I'm disappointed a lot of times by by that. When we have an opportunity to handle the Word of God to deliver it to people, that's an incredible honor. And I think we should take it seriously to rightly divide it, to navigate it, and then to feed people something with substance. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the kind of point to having a vocational preacher at a church is that you have time to study deeply and to prepare that message and to bring things out of the text that maybe they don't have time after a 40-hour work week, you know, to to pull all that out. Or the capacity. And so how, I mean, how can we show up on Sunday morning and present something that they could have put together themselves, you know, in a couple of hours' time? We should be bringing something deeper. The difficulty, uh, you know, obviously is that, you know, we're trying to prepare a sermon that reaches people in all different ages, all different places, and all different spiritual. So this is difficult. 
And so what I'm saying is, I think a lot of preachers have taken the easy way out. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of the preaching has become very topical. A lot of it's been become very fluffy. Let's just let's just go go and read a bunch of memes, right? And and one and, and Christian one-liners and deliver that as, as some type of profound you know sermon. That's disappointing. Yeah. And it, and it's by necessity at that point very shallow because you know you you read Jesus's teachings Paul's teaching once you hit any level of depth you're going to come up hard against something in someone's life and so if you're not going to be contentious you also can't be very deep into the scripture because otherwise you're going to pinch someone's nose or step on a toe or sure. and and if we're making an active attempt not to do that and I don't think we should go up and try to hurt everyone's feelings either what I'm no. saying is we should preach the truth and if someone's convicted by that amen I hope that, it leads to a repentance but that's why expo- that's why I'm suggesting expository exactly preaching exactly right you know so like if you're preaching through a book of the of, of of the bible and you get to a scripture it's not that you targeted that right. but you're also not going to avoid that so, you know, Sunday I you know started a series on First John and mm-hmm. and hit you know pastor you know if we walk in the darkness if, if we're walking in the darkness we and we say we have fellowship with God we're lying about it yeah well that's a difficult truth it is but I didn't target that 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 wasn't like hey let's go find some scripture that communicates what I want to say right. I, I was trying to convey what God wanted to reveal right uh, to people then and what He wants us to know. Uh, there's a difference in that, sure. and so I'm not I'm not being mean spirited. Well, no, and and we hear that all scripture is there useful is. for yeah. teaching and and equipping, and so we can't shy away. And, and that's fine to have a, a Sunday where you're preaching on you know a psalm or something that's that's uplifting and good from the scriptures that makes people feel good and and be excited about their faith. But when it comes around to time to talk about something difficult, we can't mm-hmm. shy away from that either. Right. Uh, I don't think we should cherry pick just the fun scriptures to preach about. And, no, you know, we shouldn't. And even on that tack, you know, yes, you can be biblically preaching, but also pointedly avoiding difficult subjects. And I think that's a disservice to people. Yeah, I also. agree. I agree. You know, the kind of, and then there's the the side where you had like the Joel Olstein motivational mindset, right? Uh, which is not preaching. Yeah, that that's not he. He's not a preacher. He's a motivational speaker. Right. And we've and we've mimicked that and. You know, I guess, you know, I know my mind's kind of scattered, but I, I think about uh, how, how long uh, should we prepare to preach? We talked about this with the hearer, and so much of what we do, we follow trends or we respond to trends in, yeah. in culture. And I, I wonder if maybe a lot of the people decide, hey, we, let's cut our sermons back right. to 10, 15 minutes, you know, whatever that, that might be, and let's become singing-centric. Yeah. Or whatever else. We made an intentional decision at Lake Mount. This doesn't have to be everybody's. There's no pattern in scripture. We just don't have enough information. Uh, but we we've made the decision to be preaching centric. Right. And and I think that's the correct move to make. I mean, what how much time you allot to a thing is gonna obviously it's gonna say something about how much you value that thing and in, in reference to the other stuff. So I think we should have a time of singing and I think that we should give the Lord's Supper, you know, a, yeah. a special time in the service. But we're here also to hear the preaching of the Word. And and obviously, yeah. things take different amounts of time. You can have a Lord's Supper meditation in just a couple of minutes. That is more than good enough. You know, I mean, it, it gets the mind directed to where it ought to go. But if you're teaching something deep from the Scriptures, it's difficult to unpackage something worth saying in 15 yeah. minutes. I, I don't I don't know how you do it week to week. 
Um, yeah. and, and we should be willing to sit and listen to that. Cause like you said, I mean, what, what's an average sitcom episode, 25 minutes anyway, you know, with yeah, more- at least there are, you know, podcasts that people listen to. Right. If we use that as a metric, like some of these popular podcasts, there's substance to it. And yeah. they put a lot of substance in his, in, in, in a, in a 45 minutes to an hour time. Right. And they put a lot of substance in that. Yeah. I don't know why we should have less in our preaching than what somebody in the secular world will give on their platforms. Yeah. And I think the podcast maybe is a better comparison. I, I know sitcoms, some of the stuff people watch for a long time is made to entertain you. And a sermon is not meant for that purpose. I get it. But we should be able to, as an adult human being, I mean, we should be able to sit for, for 30, 40 minutes and listen to something substantial that right. engages well, our intellect. Well, we kind of going back, you know, that. you kind of said we're going to flip-flop. Going back, we, we're able, when we're excited about something, we're able to listen. So, like, I can sit and listen to, uh, you know, because I love Duke basketball. I yeah. can, man, I could sit and find someone, we'll talk Duke basketball for hours and I'm not bored. Yeah. Right? I can listen to a podcast about Duke basketball for an hour and I'm not bored. Maybe some of the problem is people are bored with with, with it because their heart's not right. It's not what they love. Yeah. So when, it's why it's why I love good preaching. I don't know if you ever had that, like when you have, you know, somebody preach. I'm thinking about one or two guys in particular. They're not dynamic. Mm-hmm. They don't move or jump around. They're not yelling and screaming. Right. They preach for 45 minutes, maybe even longer. And they simply go into the depths of the word. Yeah. And I am on the edge of my seat. Right. And 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 feel and I when I leave that, when you leave that preaching, you're thinking, Wow, I am full. Yeah. It's a it, there's no better feeling right. than when you feasted on the on the word of God. And and even that, even with the best of preaching, you'll still hear someone say, Man, they ran on a little long, didn't it? And so oh. so it does have to do partly with the heart of the hearer. You sure. know, what are you there for? And I think, you know, if, if we're coming to church. And the every circumstance week, of the hearer, like where you are in life. Right. Yeah, that's true too. You know, different things hit us differently at different times. But I would just say, if you're coming to church every week, you're you're here for a reason, and I think we should examine that reason. You know, what am what is it that I want out of this, and what am I expecting, and maybe examine if that's the appropriate thing, yes. or if we need to adjust what we're here for and what we expect. I agree. Um, I agree. So, so if we have, if we would acknowledge that there's this combination, there's a problem with hearing. There's certainly a problem with modern preaching yeah. uh, in general. There's sure. there's exceptions like me, of course. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, you know, but there, there, there are exceptions to that. But is it possible that there's kind of this third option that what we've done is that we are ex- we have this unfair expectation of one sermon on Sunday morning? I think I think that's absolutely the case because it, it used to be, and, and again, I know it's easy to look with, with rose-tinted glasses at how things were before, but it used to be, I think, that people were doing more work throughout the week to prepare people to come and hear some preaching. Right. Um, and, and there was groundwork being laid and you had folks who were visiting with people and, and studying with them and trying to teach them one-on-one. And I think the sermon... That should be the culmination of our efforts. It should not yeah. be the sum total of them. I agree. And, and we're getting a false gauge with invitation response, yeah. right? That doesn't mean that the sermon wasn't effective. It doesn't mean a life wasn't changed. It doesn't mean repentance didn't occur. It, right. it doesn't. But most decisions that we've had, and we still have decisions that are made, most of the decisions that we've had have been not at the invitation time after the sermon. Right. 
that doesn't mean the sermon wasn't a contributing factor. It, it might deflate my ego a little bit, you know, because yeah. there's, here's the problem. If I'm being honest, there might be a part of me that's, that values myself and my preaching based on what numbers of responses I get because of my sermon. And, and when I reflect on even saying that out loud, that is incredibly missing the point because it's never about me. Yeah. But it is easy to, to do that because because we're critical of ourselves you know, because, and we want to be effective. Yeah, someone comes forward and it's like, look what I did. Right. You know, that must have been a, a better sermon than my sermon last week when no people responded. Yeah. Um, and that might not be the case. And and so we can't get into the hearts of people and know that. Right. But I mean, I, I do think if God's people are out there teaching the people around us and preparing that soil, I, for one thing, I think you're more apt to tip somebody, you know, into a conversion yeah. decision with a sermon, if they're already teetering on the edge of that decision. And secondly, you're going to have more people who show up that morning and that's already their intention. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah and, and, you know, kind of going right along with that. I don't believe that the church was ever intended to be a gathering where unbelievers were the central audience. Yeah, right. You add people to the church and then they're part of the, the body. You know, and, and so our, our audience should be, we're strengthening the body through the preaching, right? And yeah. now, now I think, you know, what do we mean by preaching? You know, when we're talking to an unbeliever and we're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, is that preaching? Uh, sure. You yeah. Know, you know, it can be. But I, I think what we've done is we've made all the church service a show. Yeah. That you come to and let the preacher give the show and as good of an oration as he can give and let's applaud like we just watched a movie. Yeah. And, and it's funny because, you know, we just talked about how it's it's unreasonable to expect that your sermon is going to convert the bulk of people. And yet we will sometimes gear our sermons so that someone who's just here for the first time, you know, it's almost aimed at them. Uh, yeah, it's in, silly. Instead of, instead of aiming it at the people who need that meat. And yeah. so it is kind of, it's, it's kind of this circular reasoning that we can get get caught in. And so in my mind, the way to, the way to correct that is for every Christian to be out teaching people yeah. throughout the week. And, and, you know, by the time Amen. you get them here, they should have heard the gospel, you know, they, they could have heard some right. of this stuff. And, and I know that's not everybody's gift. And if, if the best you're able to do is invite them to church, that's awesome. But then by all means, someone else should be willing to step in and, and take it from there. Like, Hey, let's get together and, and talk about this during yeah. the week. We can't expect to convert most people from the pulpit. I mean, for one, no. people come in with all these different needs. They're at different places in their life. How can you hope to know that, let alone target them all simultaneously with the one message you get to preach on a Sunday? I do think that there are times that God providentially, you know, like, I, man, I needed to hear that today, and I was here to hear it. I think that happens, but but there's a hundred other people in the room who have different needs, you know, and maybe that didn't hit one of them. No. And, 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 and maybe, you know, it's, I don't, I don't think it's miraculous, right? but if it is, uh, if you're tracking kind of where I'm going, it's a, it is a, an issue of the ear, right? meaning five people can hear, be at completely different places and stages in life, hear the same sermon and get something different right. that benefited and blessed their lives. Sure. And, and I think that's a really cool thing. I just think that, on an individual basis, I'm in a better position to know the needs of a person I know personally yeah. than you're going to accidentally hit that need from the pulpit with your sermon. You know, like we're in the best position to minister to the people in our lives because we know them and we have a relationship there. And, and that's where lives are changed. Lives are that's changed right. in, in, in those settings. I, I don't think that just because the Bible says it's by the foolishness of preaching that people are saved. And, and you know, the Holy Spirit works through the preaching of his word. That's right. I believe that. And, and that's whether it's from the pulpit or from the living room sofa. Right. I don't know? think it's always, I, I don't think it, 
I mean, I think it happens from the pulpit. Yeah. I just don't think it's only that way. No. So if we're expecting that to be the only thing, yeah. then then that might be part of the problem. We, we're putting an unfair expectation on the preacher on Sunday morning. And then a lot of times what we do is we gauge a preacher's worthiness, goodness, yeah. ability based on the number of responses he gets based on that one-time encounter on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair to him. That's not fair to the preacher, you know, to to expect that to be the the gauge of my sermon. I shouldn't right. gauge my sermon based on people coming down the aisle on Sunday morning. No, I think that I think that's absolutely correct. And I, I really do believe that if we if we do more of this as a church, we're gonna see more of those people come down the aisle. And and not just not just to make a decision for Christ and to and to be immersed and and become a part of the church, even with repentance, yeah. you know. You preach something that hits somebody in the heart. For one thing, it's difficult, I think, for a number of reasons for us to walk down that aisle. You know, we're live streaming our service. Maybe somebody doesn't want to repent in front of the whole world. Not, and about, not all repentance something. needs to be public. Uh, and that's true also. But but I do think that's one of those things that we see less of probably well, than we would have at one time. And there's different reasons. But again, with this personal one-on-one sort of thing, if, if you've got a fellow Christian who loves you, who's concerned about that, in your life, that whatever sin you're struggling with, and there's already been a conversation or two, I think it's more likely that they're going to come. I No, I agree. And if I could add, you know, from, from my standpoint, man, preaching's hard. Yeah. You put, you put something in it, 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 you know, that's different than a speech. It's different than anything else you do. You put your soul into it. And, and so there might be times, you know, say you're a listener and you hear someone preach or preach or preach a sermon and you're like, man, that challenged me. That convicted me. Let them know. Yeah. You know, I had, you know, I've had, you know, it doesn't happen a lot because people just don't share like that. But man, every now and then point to a specific, you know, I had someone mention to me Sunday, you know, they said something, you know, a specific, this really affected me and helped me because of this in my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I was struggling, you know, and I was like, man, I poured my heart out in that, worked hard on that sermon. Now it's done. And I move on to the next one. Yeah. And it meant a lot that I knew that, hey, at least for one person, that meant that I, I, su- I suspect that there's multiple people that are impacted by it. Sure. Uh, on a weekly basis. And so for the preacher, my my advice would simply be, just keep being faithful. Let God's word do its job. Right. Because it does. It, the, the gospel is the power of God. Let God's word do its job. And it's probably doing more than you think. Yeah, I think that's true. And and that, you know, kind of brings us back around to we got to be preaching the word from from the pulpit. And, you know, I really think, too, sometimes kind of revisiting what we talked about a minute ago about some of these fluff, you know, yeah. sermons, pop pop culture sort of sermons. Not only are we making it easier for people to listen to that and not be upset, I think we're making it easier for people to blow it off altogether because what are they missing? You know, I can pat myself on the back from from home, you know, not to be a jerk about it. I just mean... Yeah. If 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 you're bringing something they can't get, you know, on their own, you're bringing that depth and, and you're bringing, I couldn't wait. Uh, there was a guy that preached at, at Calcutta Church that we both know, and I couldn't wait to get there on a Sunday morning. I was 19 years old. And I was like, he's going to, he's going to tell me something I've never heard before, you know, and, and that doesn't always have to be the case that it's some brand new information, but I knew I was going to be fed and I knew yeah. I was going to get a depth of the word that I couldn't reach on my own just yet. And I was excited about that. And don't it was you hard think, to blow that off. Don't you think that there could be, you know, if, if we go to that middle idea, the, the fault of the preacher, don't you think part of the could be, could be that there's people that are preaching that aren't gifted to preach? Yeah. I, I do think that's probably the case. We, you know, we read in the scripture that he gave some to be 
teachers and some to be this and some to be that. And I, I do think that there is a, a giftedness there to have a knack for reaching people on that in that way. I think there are other people that are much better than some preachers I know to sit down one-on-one with yeah. a person. You know, there's, there's preachers I know that just, you know, set the pulpit on fire on a Sunday morning and, yeah. but you get them one-on-one, they're like watching paint dry. You know, and they we, just can't. And we need that variety. Sure. We certainly need that variety. And it's hard to, it is the problem with all this, the whole, it's hard to quantify. What do we mean by eff- effective and successful? There's yeah. a lot that goes into the equation, our culture, the hardness of heart. Right. There's a lot that goes into the equation, but God's word still does its job. Maybe on a different level in our culture, you know, than like what we saw in India, you know, you preach a sermon and 30 people are, are, are coming forward, you know, we, might, we just might not see that here. And, and that's true. I think but, there's but that's not to say there. one doesn't matter. And it's not to say there's not an incremental impact that's made from the preaching. Yeah. And I, I think we do have to see it in the context of there has to be other stuff going on. It's one part. And, you know, Jesus was undisputedly the master teacher, you know, of all time. He preached, but he also taught in small groups and he also taught one-on-one and just had conversations with, I mean, there was a variety of approaches that he took and we need all those things working together. Um, And so I think maybe, you know, we we always like to finish up with some kind of challenge or here's what you might want to do, you know, with this thought. And we hope people will keep having this conversation, but from the hearers end, like we kind of said before, Maybe examine what you're going in looking for and expecting and and make some decisions about, is that the correct attitude to have about it? You know, can't I give up, you know, maybe a few minutes more? Am I ready to really dive into the word and be challenged? And, and I think that's something that we can challenge ourselves to get better at. And, and don't be discouraged if that's not how you feel now, but just recognize this is something I need to build up to, like I would any other thing, any other discipline in, in my life. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good point, Matt. You know, the idea of of the, there is a discipline to being a hearer, and and I think when our mindset comes, will that be Sunday morning or whenever else you're going to go somewhere where there's going to be preaching? You know, spend time praying uh, about it. You know, and and letting God know your heart is open and receptive. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's true, you know, from the preacher's standpoint, don't, don't quit. Yeah. Don't give up, be faithful, be biblical. Yeah. Preach the word. And it's hard because there's all these emotions and this, it's a weird thing, man. It's a weird thing for anyone that's not a preacher. It's just, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just a weird emotional dynamic that, that comes into play, but just be, if you're a preacher, be faithful. What you do matters. Yeah. You know, and his word does not come back void. That's right. And I think if we stick to that biblical preaching idea, it's going to solve so many of the problems that preachers struggle with. What am I going to preach? Well, you don't have to come up with it on your own. You, you're pulling it right out of the word. Um, am I going to be effective? It's not on you. To, you know, it's it's the word's going to do the work. You bring it out. Yeah, and, I agree. And I think so much of that would be solved. And and you're going to give that depth and you're going to give that challenge that people are going to get hungry for. Even, yeah. even if it's a, an acquired taste at first, that challenge, people are going to rise to that challenge. Absolutely. And, so if you're, you know, if you're a preacher and you're, and you're tired and discouraged and you feel like you're not being effective, reach out personally. Yeah. You know, we'd love just to pray for you. Um, and, and sometimes you need to be reminded that what you do matters and makes a difference. Um, and, and if that's you, man, don't quit. We're we're here, you know, to help you. Sometimes we don't want to voice these things to other people, yeah, uh, because it's embarrassing or whatever else. Uh, and if you're a, a hearer, you're a member of a church, love on and encourage your preacher, uh, and let them know that what they preach 
has made a specific difference in your life. Yeah. And also get out there and, and prepare some soil Amen. for man. that, that's... for that sermon. It, you're going to do so much more uh, in a person's life than we possibly can from the pulpit because you're there consistently. You're going to get into areas where Amen. specifically expecting, targeted to expecting their needs. one man to do all the, uh, make all the impact in the church yeah. on one day of a week and one hour of the week right. is a big mistake. And we're, yeah. and we set ourselves up for major letdown by making this all about a one hour, one time a week show performance oration. Right. Uh, and there's so much more that goes, so much more that goes into it. Absolutely. You know, we read in the scripture, you know, pray for workers because the harvest is ready and the workers are few. Not just talking about preachers. We're talking about everybody yeah. should be out there harvesting. Um, I think that's a great thing. And, and all those pieces moving together. I think are gonna we're gonna see even more of an impact from the preaching because yep. all those other things and are all those happening. things you do beforehand tender somebody's heart to hear the preaching. Yeah, and maybe you're not a teacher and that's not your skill. That's not your ability. That's fine. But man, when someone comes in, welcome them. If they're coming to church, welcome them, love on them, tell them you're glad you're here. That I think that prepares their heart just a little bit. I think so. And every you know every instance of that you know does that. So like. Man, on Sunday morning, because I, I don't want to reduce it to that, but on Sunday morning, if someone comes in and they're welcomed and they're excited and the music it was uplifting and edifying, they're they're more open to the word. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things that go into it. And so I just want to encourage everybody, no, no matter kind of which side of this you're on or where you're at in the church, what your gift might be. Um, apply it to winning souls, and and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna see the kingdom, you know, keep marching forward. We know for a fact that when Christ returns, the church is gonna be here. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited to be to Amen be one to of that. them. Yeah, Amen so. to that. Hey, one one last thought, and then we're done. We're done. We're peacing out. Yep. Uh, you know, but Matt Matt does our worship, and and does such a great job. And and here's one of the things I appreciate is that uh, each and every service. His mentality is not just about putting on a good performance or a good show. He wants to be excellent for the Lord. But his mindset's also been, let's prepare people's heart for the word. Yeah. And, and when we see worship singing as the ends, I think it's a mistake. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. at, at least in part, it's a means to get to the end of preparing people for, to be more receptive to the word. And those things work together as one, as yeah. a unit. And, uh, you know, I know that's, I know that was kind of random, but but I think that if if you're involved in that, it's a piece to the, the yeah, puzzle. It's a piece of the whole, right? And uh, you know, if the mindset is that that's to lead people to that, because uh, I still believe preaching should be central to what our accomplishing our goal. Uh, but it doesn't mean that the other things aren't important. No, we need, we need those other things to be effective. So. All right. Well, thank you all so much for uh, listening today. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find them on our website at lakemountchurchofchrist.org. Uh, we're also on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon podcasts, bunch of places out there. Uh, and you can find some links if you check us out on Facebook. So thank you so much once again for joining us and we will catch you all next time. Oh.